He's a hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, praise God. Man, that was good. Y'all are good. That extra hour of sleep really helped you out, didn't it? Come on. I even saw some people yawning, and I thought, come on now. You had an extra hour of sleep. I ain't even started preaching yet. I ain't giving you a reason to yawn. Praise the Lord. Man, God's good, right? All the time. Praise the Lord. Well, I echo Janie, uh, what she said. Thank you for everybody that's prayed for us, thought about us, give us a card, whatever. Just thank you so much. We just appreciate it and love you. And we do feel like we have the greatest church uh, in the world. We really do. We don't just say that. Uh, we, we generally uh, will get opportunities to do different things and, and uh there's just nothing we'd rather do than just be right here. So God is good, and you are too. We thank you for that. So a couple of things really quickly. Every Thanksgiving, uh, we generally do a, a turkey giveaway here at the church the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We have the turkeys. We have all the trimmings. We have the box truck outside. And we're going to do things a little bit differently this year. So I want to qualify that if uh, this uh, Thanksgiving season, you need a turkey and all the trimmings, uh, please let one of our, one of us know, myself or Janie, one of our, our team members, please let us know. We want to get them to you. But we're going to take the turkeys to the streets this year. We've been calling on different neighborhoods, different houses, different uh, places in, in Hickory that we know uh, have a, a really strong need that maybe aren't ready for, for church just yet, you know, and, and so we want to take it to them. And so if you'd like to give, we, we have a we have a great family in the church that's going to do, donate quite a few turkeys and trimmings. Uh, but if you'd like to help with that cause, uh, the compassion offering all month long will go towards the, the, the turkeys. And so if you'd like to, to help. Again, if you need one, let us know. We'd love to help you out before uh, that time or during that time. But we're going to take them to the streets. And how many things that's a good thing if we just take them out to people and, and bless the people with it? Uh, on Thursdays, we go out. It's our men's ministry. And we have some ladies that that want to join, and we're going to let the ladies do that, and we're going to kind of coordinate that where the ladies go out with some men at first, and then we'll target some different areas, and we have some more men who are going to be recently retired that are going to be coming out, Bato uh, coming out with us, and so uh, our men's ministry is growing, and it, it's uh, Thursdays at 4.30, so if you want to come out, you come out. It's, it's just a great time. Also, so we want to give a shout-out to Cherokee, those people that would be watching this. Come on, Cherokee. Give a shout-out to Cherokee. Uh, Brian's preaching up there this week. He'll be going up there, too or more times a month, and some of those people watch online after the fact, uh, and give a, a shout out to all of our online viewers this morning, would you please do that? Online viewers, thank you for, for tuning in. We also have a Bible study that's starting in the Sunny Valley region. Uh, we're not calling it a campus just yet, uh, but we have a, a Bible study with some great dear friends in our church who uh, go out with us on uh, Thursday afternoon uh, to minister in the Sunny Valley region, a region that uh, maybe has, just has a, a really strong need down there. And so uh, we, we, we've been talking about a Bible study for quite some time. Had some people pray about it. They want to they get in and, uh, and start it. So it, it's just going to be a really cool thing. Uh, pray for that region down there, the Sunny Valley. If you don't know, you can come talk to me and I'll, I'll tell you where it's at, but it's a region that needs Jesus just like everybody else does. It's also a region where maybe there's some, just some drugs, some addictions, some stuff like that that we need to, to break through, and so we got some people that are going to, to share the, the good news down there, and they may 
uh, actually have done the worship live online and then and then went into the um, the Bible study. So God's super cool, doing some cool, super cool stuff. And so anything that anybody can do for the gospel, we're behind, right? Amen in Jesus' name. So yeah, give it up one more time for the Lord. I'll tell you about... So the, this sermon series is Thanksgiving, so it's all about gratitude, but I want to talk to you about uh, being the, just through the eyes of, through, through the grateful eyes of, and today we'll talk about David, but through the grateful eyes of Paul, and through the grateful eyes of Moses, and through the grateful eyes of Jesus. We're going to talk over the next few weeks about just being grateful. Uh, we're going we're gonna to flip things a little bit. You'll see uh, some of our younger team members, you'll see Marcus preaching a little bit more. We're going to get him ready for downtown because the construction crew is going to be uh, back downtown starting tomorrow, and so that should be done in uh, about 100, 120 days, and so we're, we're praying and believing. We'll, uh, what I think I'm going to do, I haven't talked to our guys yet at the board, but I think what we're going to do is, I, a lot of people do like fundraisers in October because it's right before, like they want to get your money before Christmas. I want you to get through Christmas. I think in January, we're just going to take a, like an abundance offering. And that would be the worst time in the world to take an offering. That's why we know if it's a good one, it's going to be God, right? We want to give God all the glory, honor, praise. So you go spend Christmas, have a good time. I don't want to take your money before Christmas other than, you know, tithe and offering. But after Christmas in January, I think maybe after we get done praying and fasting, let's do an abundance offering to help with the downtown and get that project started off right. Does that sound, sound all right? We can do something like, like that. Praise God. So I want to be grateful, and I want to be grateful through the eyes of, I want to see, like, what, what was David thinking, or what was Paul thinking, what was Moses thinking, what was Jesus thinking, and not that we can, you know, think for them, but sometimes when I watch a movie, do you ever put yourself, like, in a character, like, I'm that, you know, that character, you know, I, I like to be, you know, uh, you know, I want to be Hercules or somebody. I, want to, I mean, I always want to be the superhero, like, you know, First Blood, you know, I mean, come on, Johnny Rambo, man, I, I want to be... I don't want to be Sylvester Stallone. I just want to be Johnny Rambo. But anyways, I want to put myself in like that place today of, of David. I want to be, I want to be Dave. My wife's making fun of me, I think. So I'm not sure. We'll, we'll give her time to talk. Just time. time. Bruce Willis? Yeah. Bruce Willis. <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be true. I could, that could be true. And so, uh, pastoral Bruce Willis. Or, anyways. I'm glad. I'm, I like the I like the second service because we have a little bit more time for some of this humor to come back and forth. And so, anyways, place yourself for a moment. Like, what was David thinking when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back? Because there's there's some there's some really cool takeaways here. If you would stand with me, we're going to read Second Samuel six chapter three verses five, six, and seven. We'll refer back to some of more of that chapter just so you have uh, some some word on it. I like to base everything on the Word of God, which I believe is true and whole and, and healthy and, and correctable and reproach reproachable. So. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord and the songs and the lyres and the harps and the tambourines and the consonants and the cymbals. 
And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error, and he died there beside the ark of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word, and we're going to get deeper into the word. So right now, we thank you, Lord, that your word is opening our hearts to receive, our minds to hear, our eyes to watch. Oh, God, we pray for our spiritual man, Lord, just to grow today, Lord, and that we can learn the takeaways, Lord, of what maybe David saw during this event of what took place, Father. Bless us now, Lord, with your word, with your anointing, with your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. You can be seated uh, this morning. So we, we see here, and kind of a little bit of a backstory, is this, the uh, Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. And the Ark was created, and inside the Ark were the Ten Commandments, uh, were um, uh, Aaron's bud that blossomed, and were some manna, okay? And the Ark was created then to, to not only recognize or acknowledge the presence of God, but to to have the presence of God in the uh, Israelite camp. And so they set the tent of tabernacle up. Uh, the high priest would go in once a year. The sins would be pushed back. So not full remission, but pushed back for a year. And the ark was a, was a big deal. Well, while the Israelites were in and out of bondage and in and out of sin and in and out of laziness as to how to serve God, uh, the Philistines were always growing an army. And yes, David killed Goliath. The Philistines had to subside for some years. And then they start building that army. And this is true then with sin in our life or with evilness in our life. We're trying to push forward. We're trying to move for God. We're trying to love on God. We're trying to, we're trying to grow in God. And, and sin doesn't just stand by the side and clap, clap its ugly hands and say, yeah, you go get him, Tiger. I like that one car commercial, the, the insurance. The guy shows up and uh, he's trying to get his discount. The other guy's like, he's got a Dodge Charger or something. He revs his engine. You want to go? You want to go, dude? You want to go? He's like, yeah, you go get him, Tiger, and this guy races up. Sin is not cheering you on, hoping that you live a good life. Sin is at the door, knocking every moment of every time, and it's put there by the evil one, the devil, okay? So the Philistines represent the evil one, the devil in this particular case, and they seize the Ark of the Covenant. So sometimes, if we're not careful, now this is a metaphor, this is a true story that happened, but this is a metaphor in our teaching for today. Sin can never seize God, but you can allow God to be seized from you, in a sense, okay? So if I'm over here walking through things like the Israel, Israelites were, and I choose not to worship God, I choose not to serve God, I choose not to obey God, then I, I, in effect, I leave God over here somewhere while I just mind my own life and my own business. So that's what happened to the Israelites and the Philistines. The Philistines have the Ark of the Covenant, which was not its right, rightful ownership. The Israelites were supposed to because they're the chosen nation. Now, in the New Testament, the church doesn't replace the Israelites, but we walk together and pray for the Israelites. We pray for our, our Jewish friends. We pray for the people who are chosen because the church has to advance the gospel, right? So the Philistines, while they have the Ark of the Covenant because it's in the wrong hands, their Baal worship is failing and falling. The things are happening. It's not any good. Nothing good is taking place. And so they actually get a hold of David and say, hey, David, you need to come get this Ark of the Covenant. So David takes 30,000 men, warriors, trained, and they're going to go down and they're going to get the Ark of the Covenant and they're, they're going to bring the Ark back. Now, they don't know if it's an ambush. They don't know if there's a, a problem here, a situation. 
situation. They don't know if maybe they're, they're going to walk into something that they're not prepared for. So David takes 30,000 men and he brings four Levitical priests. The Levitical priests were the ones who could actually carry the Ark of the Covenant back. They were the trainers. Now, Peter says, you're all royal priesthood. You're all a choice in generation. You're all of that nature. So we're now become the Levitical priests of the New Testament. There's a, there's a bifold story here. They go down and they get the Ark of the Covenant and they start to bring it back. And the Bible says that they put it on a new cart. In verse 3 of that same chapter, and when they carried the Ark of God on a new cart, okay, hear that, just that's really important, and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart. So twice it says, hey, this thing's on a new cart. So I'm thinking, well, David just really planned on doing something right. Like he wanted to go down there. He wanted to put that ark on a new cart. Because frankly, I've always had struggles with why did Uzzah die? This guy's trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. He's a Levitical priest. And, he, and why, is, why is it that God was angry? Well, you have to go back deeper into Scripture. And this is a parallel of us today. Have you ever, like, done something? Have you ever, like, searched God? You've prayed about something? You, you've, you've, just, you've tried to do it your best way? Like, God, I'm trying. Don't you see me? Is anybody there with me this morning? Like, God, don't you see me? I'm trying to do everything I can. And you just get a little bit mad at God. I'll be I've gotten mad at God before. I've had to repent. It's like, that's not the best thing to do. And David, the Bible says David, David got angry with God. You killed one of my guys. What are you doing, God? Well, the problem is, if you study Scripture back all the way to Exodus and Leviticus, the ark never was supposed to be on a cart. The ark was supposed to sit on a cart so long poles could go through it on either side, and then four priests on each corner, one priest on each corner would pick that ark up and they would carry it. See, when we choose not to do things God's way, even though we think we're doing God's business, it's wrong, and God doesn't necessarily bless what's not of Him. That's a strong word, right? But that's a good, healthy word for us. And so Uzzah dies because he's got a, because they're on a cart. And it really was the easier way. Like, we've moved furniture for the last week and a half, two weeks around here. And whenever I could find a four-wheel dolly, we put that thing on her. Janie has what's called mover buddies. Are you familiar with mover buddies? And she's a master at mover buddies. Like, she, she moves big pieces of furniture all by herself with the little mover buddies. Well, these guys had basically mover buddies for the ark. They put the ark on the, on the cart, and they, and they moved it. But once that ark started to, to wobble, they had to touch it. And God's presence is that powerful that he didn't want to be touched. And so the subtitle or subtopic of this, of this sermon today, this message, is going to be Park the Ark. Where do you park the ark and how do you park the ark? Because they, all of a sudden, the ark was parked at the Philistines and they wanted to get rid of it. They didn't understand. And some people, listen, some people do not understand the presence of God. Some people don't understand what, you, what you're doing when you're praying, when you're seeking God, when, when you can be still and know that he is God, when you can walk through danger zone where everybody else is fearful and everybody else is afraid and you're just standing strong and that God is going to work it out. He, is, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And you know that you can do that and you can do all things through Christ and he strengthens you and he loves you and all of a sudden you're standing strong. The Philistines in the world don't understand that. They just want to get rid of the presence of God. They don't want anything 
anything to do with God. And so David goes down and he gets the Ark of the Covenant. And then he, when he takes it, he goes back and he starts it. And he knows I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Ark on a new cart. And it's a new cart because this is a new season, a new day for God. But it's the wrong cart. And sometimes we do stuff in our life just because it's a little bit easier. Like Janie and the worship team, they know if they sing like two or, the, two or three of these uh, specific songs, the church is just going you know, nuts. But let's not get intimate with God. And listen, church, we have to worship no matter what, right? Like some of my favorite songs aren't even church songs. Oh, pastor. <laughs> I won't even tell you what they are. Because you'll, like, email me. <laughs> I don't want to be emailed. <laughs> if you email me, email marcus at gracechurchtv.com or .tv or whatever. I, that's not mine. That's Marcus's, our, our son. So I, I won't read it. He won't give it to me. He didn't give me any of the bad ones. So this is good. Thank you, Jesus. I do listen to Christian music. I just hate Christian radio for some reason. No, I shouldn't hate. I don't hate. Help me, Jesus. That's why you come. This is why you come. So there, he grabs the ark. He messes up. And so now he's got to park the ark. The, park, the ark was parked at the Philistines, not the right place. And now he parks the ark at Obed-Edom's house. And, and Obed-Edom is a Gittite. He's a Levitical priest. So he's like one who actually loves God. The Philistines don't love God. Uh, the Levite, Obed-Edom, does. So let's read verses, I think, 11 and 12. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Listen to that for a second. When you put the ark of the covenant, when you park the ark in the right place, not only are you blessed, but everybody else around you is blessed as well. That's an amazing thought. I want, listen, I want you to take that home with you today. Not only are you blessed, but everything around you is blessed. And let's go ahead to the next one, verse 12. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all the things that belong to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Let's stop there for a second. Joel, can you come here for a second? Because you're going to be my, my ark guy. Can you stand right here? You're just a monster, man. I just want to be like you when you grow up. Y'all can't see me because Joel's here. Joel's the ark. Ark of the covenant. Don't get a big head. Don't become, don't become a Philistine. All right? You got to be, you could be Obed, but you're my ark. So the ark, I'll be Obed. The ark was in the land of Philistia, Philistines, and it was doing no good because it was out of place. Now the ark is at Obed-Edom's house, and because Obed-Edom is in a right place with God, he's, the ark is just blessing Obed-Edom. Like for three solid months, everything Obed-Edom asked for, every, everything Obed-Edom needed, everything Obed wanted, he started to give it. And not only him, but now his whole house. Now, listen, here's how we do it. Sometimes as believers, as Christians, as Christ followers, we say, you stay right here, ark. I'm going to go over here for a while and do a few things that maybe I shouldn't do or I don't want you to know about, and I'm not, I can't bring you here with me. Are you with me? So that's not the right way to handle the ark, is it? So the, the right way to handle the ark would be, okay, would you, would you come here, ark man? Come, just follow me wherever I go. I want you to go with me. That's not the right way either. The right way would be you walk that way. 
I'm going to go wherever the ark goes. And this is where the blessing was because they decided, hey, if the ark's over here, I'm going over here. If the ark, can you turn around, ark man? <laughs> then stop right here for a second. Thank you. Look that way. I want to be wherever the ark is. I want to be. So now listen, the New Testament, stay there for a second. New Testament is because Jesus died. He was born. He, was, he, he came. He was died on a cross. He was resurrected. Now this ark can live in our heart. Okay, so we, now we don't park the ark in Philistia. We don't park the ark at Obed-Edom's house. We don't even park the ark in Jerusalem. We park the ark right here in our heart. Same spirit that rose Christ from the grave now lives within us. Now, here's the deal. We take the ark. Now, wherever I go, I take the ark. But I need to have a following of what God is. I need to understand that God, if God before me, who can be against me? I need to understand that if God wants me to go here and do this, that's what I should do. If God wants me to hold on and, just, and walk in his spirit, then or wait in the spirit, be still and know that I am God. Maybe I just need to wait. But I need to make sure that I have parked the ark right here in my heart. Are with me. The, me. the reason that's important is because we have a lot of people that float in and out, float in, move in and out like, oh, I don't know if that's God. Is that God? I don't want to take God. Oh, God can't be a part. God wants to be a part of every day of your life. 100% he wants to be. Thanks, Joel. Give Joel a hand. Give the, give the art guy a hand. So David gets 30,000 men again, and he goes back down to Obed-Edom's house, and he wants to, I got to get the ark back. I, I, I got to get that back. He understands now the pressure of the blessing of the presence of God. So when we gather in for worship, because if we're seeing it through David's eyes, David's like, man alive, Obed's blessed. The Philistines couldn't be blessed. I need to be blessed. I got to get in the presence. I got to get God back. I got to get that. I got to get that ark back in my life. I got to get God back in my life. I got to get to the place where I can be part of who God is in my life. We're going to go down and we're going to take the same 30,000 guys. We're going to take some Levitical priests and we're going to carry that thing back, but we're going to do it right this time. And so sometimes when we say, maybe I've lost fellowship with God. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not where I need to be with God. Why not just get back into that place with God where he says, okay, God, here I am. And we see it from David throughout his whole life. He gets in God. He makes a dumb mistake. He never makes that mistake again. He moves on. And God says in Acts, the 13th chapter, verse 23 or 25, hey, this is a man after my own heart. What is it? This David is a guy that wants to chase after me. And do we have any God chasers in the house today? I mean, people that just want to chase God with everything. I need to have as much God in me as possible. And it's hard if we park the ark over here or if we say we can't, he can't go with us over here because God wants to go everywhere you go with you. In fact, he wants to lead you in that. So David goes back to Obed's Edom house and he, he picks up the ark. And if you, if you I won't give you this, this story, but if you go into the Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, Every time they needed something in the church or in the tabernacle or in the temple, every time they needed a door opener, every time they needed a cleaner, every time they needed a singer, every time they needed a choir master, every time they needed a musician, every time they needed something, someone to serve the coffee, the, the Bible, it records it. The Bible says, and then Obed-Edom volunteered, and then Obed-Edom volunteered, and then Obed-Edom volunteered, and then Obed-Edom volunteered. It wasn't like Obed-Edom was mad because the ark was parked at his house. And David came and got it. It was that Obed-Edom loved God so much and got in his presence that once he got in his presence, he couldn't get out of his presence. 
It was impossible. He said, I, I've got to get wherever God is. And see, here's the deal. The Bible says wherever two or three shall gather together in his name, there is he in the midst of us. This is the importance of church and what we call community is that when we gather together, healing takes place, miracle takes place, love takes place, faith takes place, joy takes place. Uh, miracles happen. Why? Because we're in the presence of God. And all of a sudden that ark starts to show up. Why? Because we bring God with us. And David needed that Ark of the Covenant back. He was the king of Israel. I've got to go get the Ark. He gets the Ark. And the Bible says, from the distance of the two, if you, if, if you read the theologians, that all of a sudden, there's about seven miles from point A to point B. Every 18 feet, every six paces, which is about three feet, every 18 feet, he sacrifices an ox. Now, he does that for seven miles. It's about 2,300 ox does he sacrifice for the Ark. In other words, he, here's what he says. I did didn't bring it back right the first time. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Well, come on, church. Have you ever made a mistake? It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to fall down. It's okay to have flaws. What it's not okay is, okay, God, here I am. Would you forgive me because I want to be new. I want to be a new creature. And then put that mistake away and become a new creature in Christ Jesus and move forward. We have people that keep making the same mistakes over and over. And Janie and I talked to one not too long ago. We said, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done that. I'm, <laughs> That's the problem. You've done it. God wants to do it through you. And when God does things through you, there's no anger involved in it. And this person was saying, telling me all, much he, all the things he had done for God. And I said, that's you, you, and you, not him, him, and him. And when you do it for him, him, and him, you don't have to worry about you, you, and you. See, when we understand that David, now he's taking precaution. And here, here's what I'm, here's, here's my point of what I see through David's eyes. If we're part of this movie, if we're part of this story, what I'm seeing through David's eyes is he's really particular about what he's doing and making sure that what he's doing is right. And I wonder if sometimes in America today, we're okay doing things some, the way everybody else does it, but everybody else isn't doing it because God wants them to do it. Are you with me? So we, we start to bend and say, well, if the world does it that way, or non-churchgoers that way, or if non-believers that way, or non-cross followers that way, or maybe even some Christ followers can do that and get away with it. But I'd say, what does God want you to do? How does God want you to do it? And because David was doing it so right, when he got back, he was just, he was just blessed. He was in the, and I can't explain getting into the presence of God and the Spirit of God if you've never been there. You have to experience it yourself. It's like I, I jumped off a 50-foot cliff in Colorado one time into the Colorado River. I can't explain the exhilaration that went through me when I was falling thinking, oh, God, I might die. Boom, hit the water. And the water was 46 degrees. Janie tempted me this morning. We have a pool at the house. And she said, I dare you to go jump in the pool. Air temperature was 34 degrees. I, I was ready. She said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Don't, you'll, you'll do it. I, I was going to. She, she said, go, go do it. So I, I can't dare you to get into God's presence. But I would say, man, if, 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 during a worship service, during your own prayer time, during a word, during, during a message, watching somebody on TV, uh, what, reading the Bible, whatever it takes for you to get alone with God, 
get in his presence because once you get in his presence, you never, ever, it's the greatest high, it's the greatest rush, it's the greatest addiction, it's the greatest thing. It is the most amazing thing in the world to get into the presence of God. And you can't explain that to someone who's never been in the presence of God. But once you get in the presence of God, and David got in the presence of God, and David first was mad at God, and, and, and his people had the ark parked in the wrong place. He gets it. He handles it wrong. He gets mad. Then he realizes, apparently after three months, man, I messed up. I'm going to get this ark, but I'm going to do it right. And he takes, this is the best, this is the best part of the story. He takes it back now to, to the Israelites' camp. And because the presence of God is there, blessings are just flowing. The blessings are flowing in and out. Now, be honest. And you can be honest without being uh, proud. You can be honest without being uh, forward. You can be honest without being uh, greedy. How many says, hey, pastor, I want God to bless me. I'm like, I want God to bless. I want God's blessings on my life. I don't think that's a proud thing. I don't think that's greedy. God, would you bless me so that I can bless others? And when I say bless, it's whatever came to your mind. Is what, so it doesn't always mean finances. It could be peace. See, there, there's two words, uh, peace, right? He can make peace out of your pieces, where when our life is a shamble, P-I-E-C-E-S, when our life is a shamble, when our life is in shambles and in pieces, he can make peace come out of that. This is the God we serve. This is the presence of God. This is why it's important to know, all right, God, I'm not afraid, although I worship you with fear and trembling, although I work out my salvation with fear and trembling, it's because I don't want to do things wrong. I want to make sure that you are the center of attention. And when we make God the center of our attention, all of a sudden, and then we get his attention. See, the problem sometimes is that we're created in God's image, right? But we want to make God our image of him. We want to make God, okay, this is how I think God is. This is how, I, and, and that's what I think David was doing. He was bringing the ark back. I'm going to put it on a new cart. We're going to wheel this thing in. It's going to be great because we've been doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's been hard lately. And if we could just get the ark back, but it wasn't the right way. It wasn't picking up. And sometimes during a worship service, you got to sacrifice. Like, you got to feel like, man, am I carrying the weight by myself? Is this, but you might be the key to somebody else's breakthrough. You might be the key to your, to your best friend or your loved one. You might be the key to your, your parents. You might be the key to your kids. You might be the key to your, to your finances. You might be key to your health. If you can just stand and worship and awe and wonder and say, God, I know you're there. I'm going to worship you and honor you with everything in my heart and my life. God, you are my ark. You are my, I'm, I'm parking you right here. And we start to do that, all of a sudden God starts to show up. And his blessings come in and out. And they superabound. And Jesus tells us that. Now, now hear me in closing. When we get to the place where David was, and let's go to, I think it's verse 16 maybe. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she, listen, and she despised him in her heart. Stop there for a second. We have, we have two things again. We have, a, we have a guy that's in the presence of God. Who, who understands the Ark of the Covenant, who understands what God can do, what God is, and he's leaping and, and he's joyful and he's probably acting almost a little bit crazy. And we have this Michael who's Saul's daughter, and Saul was after David, and so she probably takes after her dad, and she despises. If, listen, if you despise somebody's worship, your place in Jesus might not be right. 
Like the people around you need to be able to worship however freely they are, as long as they're not drawing attention to themselves. See, the thing David did here, he took off his kingly crown, he took off his kingly robe, and he joined them. In other words, he was one of them. It wasn't, hey, this is King David, I'm going to worship this way, so you need to worship this He, In fact, Michael gets mad at him because he takes away the stuff that identifies who he is. There should be no identification in God when we're worshiping the king. It should all be about God. All the glory should be towards the Father. That's where our worship should be. Let's move on to the next verse. And verse 17 says, And they brought in the ark of the Lord, and they set it in its place, and inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And verse 18, And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Verse 19 says, And he distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, Krispy Kreme donuts, and a portion of, well, kind of like that. I mean, he... He gave them bread, and he gave them meat, and he gave them a cake of raisins. And I don't have any raisins today, and the Krispy Kreme donuts are probably all gone. But you know what I'm talking about. Here, but here's what, here's what theologians tell us. Then all the people departed each to his house. Here's why he did what he did. He said, hey, the Ark of the Covenant has blessed me. We call it a transfer anointing. The Ark of the Covenant has blessed me. Now I want to bless you. Not only that. I want you to take it to your home. I want you to take it to your job. I want to take it to your situation. I want to take it to your finances. I want to take it to your, to your community. I want to take it to, this is why we have a Bible study in Sunny Valley. If you want to know where Sunny Valley is, I'll tell you after service. But we have this, other church, listen, other, other places aren't going there. And, and we're not going to criticize. We're not going to judge. But somebody has to. And if it's us, we're going to go. We're going to take the gospel presentation to where other people don't want to go. Amen? And that may be Cherokee. And it may be Sunnyvale. It may be, it may be somebody else's neighborhood. But listen, if, if we keep it inside the church, we're no good because people aren't going to come at 9, 15, and 11 that don't know what church is because they think churches judge them. And we got to stop judging people. Amen? But if you spend time with them, and you love them right where they're at, they're going to love you back because everybody answers to love. Everybody understands love. Even people that don't get love, they still start to feel that love. And David says, hey, I'm going to transfer an anointing upon you. Come on back, worship team. I'm going to transfer an anointing upon you. I'm going to start blessing you. I'm going to, I'm going to, start, I'm going to start giving you these things. I want you to take these home. Now, this, is a, this here is a metaphor that whatever you get today, you can start taking home to your house. Whatever you get in the word of God, you can start departing it to others. Whatever you get from uh, a worship service, you can start to share it at the, at the, at the, at the office or the workplace or the, the coworkers or, or the, the workmates or if you do a, a street ministry out on the streets or if you... If if you have a heart for homeless, out on the homeless, or if you got a feeding people, you got you can do it. But or if you're you're a giver, you say, hey, I'm I can't do those things, but I'm a, I'm going to give, I'm going to support, I'm going to I'm going to buy turkeys, or I'm going to do whatever. Now, when we get to that point, now we we say it's not just a helping hand; it's part of the ark of God. It's part, it's a handout, not from Grace Church. It's not a handout from whatever your name is. It's not a handout from Mark or Janie. This is a handout from God. And see, here's, here's, here's the key behind it. When David, when David does this, when David says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless the people. And I'm asking them to go home so they can bless their people. So they can, they can walk and they can, they can take this whole blessing with them. When, when we understand the transfer of anointing, 
See, the first anointing that David got, the Bible says that the Spirit left Saul by the power of God and went to David. Because he has the Ark of the Covenant now, David can just pray a blessing and those people can take the blessing with him. Now, that's true in, with Christ's followers today. Do you know that you're anointed to transfer your anointing, the blessing, onto other people? That's not some like, oh, that's not something weird. Know that one of the things that Janie and I have practiced in our 39 years of marriage is blessing our children. We're gonna, we're gonna bless our children. We're gonna pay a, a blessing over our kids. I want, I want my kids to do the best in, in life that they can. Lord, I wanna open doors over them. And, and then we pray also for the, for the church so that we pray, God, would you bless? And if the Lord brings people to, our, 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 to us in our prayer time, we pray for them specifically. If not, we pray a blanket blessing over the church. This is what David is doing. Would you stand on your feet for a second? Because this next part's really important. If you really wanna grab it, if you wanna grab what, 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 what David is doing here and through the the eyes of David, and we're preaching through the eyes of David, I think we can do it here today. So if you say, hey, pastor, I want a blessing on my life that I can take home with me, I want you to come to the front. And I just want you to, to crowd to the front as much as you can, because I believe this is a word from God today. So if you're here, you say, man, I, I want that blessing. I'm going to take it home, and I just, just come in as close as you can. Now, it's nothing magical. There's nothing mystical about it. It's just simply in actions like David, because he got in the ark of the covenant. The ark is wherever we are gathered together today. In the presence of God, we're here. Because we're in the presence of God, and because uh, God's laid this word on me, I believe I have the authority today to pray for you. And I don't take that authority lightly. In fact, I don't hardly ever do this because I don't like to be out of the realm of God. But I believe God's got a blessing for not only you, but for the people in your life. Maybe somebody's sick. You can pray for them. You could anyways, but now maybe we're unleashing you to do that. You can, you can bless somebody with your words of encouragement. You can speak life into somebody. You can talk to somebody, and you can, you can encourage them. And so I want to tell you today that because of what David did, and he brought the ark back. Now, God is here. We're New Testament. We know that Jesus is here. But he's also saying, okay, why don't we be a blessing to each other? Why don't we share the good news with each other? Why don't we have life together? So if you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up. And just get in the mode of worship. We're going to pray here in a minute, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your commitment to come forward. I want to pray for your commitment to say, okay, God, here I am. I'm in your presence right now. And just like David prayed a blessing and those people take it home, I want you to also uh, share this blessing. I want you to share this word. I want you to share not, not my word, but God's word. I want, you to, I want you to park the ark at your house, but I want you to tell people, hey, God can do this for you. Why? Because he did it for me. God can do this for you. Why? Because he did it for my friend. God can do this for you. Why? Because he do, he's doing it in our church right now. So, Father, I pray right now as hands are raised, as people are praying, as they're acknowledging you as Lord and Savior, as acknowledging you. Lord, as the, as, the, as the Ark of God, as the Ark of the Covenant, Lord, I pray a blessing upon them, Father, physical blessing, spiritual blessing, financial blessing, Lord, a healing, God, I pray for miracles in their life. I pray, Father, an ordering of steps, oh God. I pray, Lord, according to Isaiah, you'd be their rear guard. I pray, Lord, a hedge of protection according to John, Job 110. Lord, a, a ordering of their steps, Psalms 37. I pray today, Father, Lord, that you would open the heavens and you would let them know you are Lord and Savior. You are King, oh God. Father, 
Lord, and you care about each and every one of them. Father, I pray, Lord, travel mercies over those who will be traveling this week. I pray, Father, Lord, that Lord, those that might have a, a parent, oh God, going through an issue, I pray right now, Father, Lord, for that parent's healing in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, God, right now, Lord, that you would order the steps, Lord, of your kingdom. Lord, it would come, Father, Lord, to Grace Church. And Lord, Grace Church, Lord, would be warriors that go into the highways and the hedges and the byways. I pray, Lord, right now for marriages, oh God. I pray for relationships. I pray, Father, Lord, for physical healings, oh God. I pray for finances and resources. I speak against anxiety right now in the name of Jesus, against fear and, Lord, uh, intimidation, oh God. We rebuke those right now back to the pits of hell in Jesus' name. They can't stand by the ark of God, by the ark of the covenant. I pray right now, God, Lord, for uh, miracles to take place. Lord, as people are praying right now, you know what they have need of. Father, we speak these things. Lord, not by our oracles, but by your oracles. Not by our word, but by your word. Not by our power and strength, but by your power and strength. As we pray, Lord, as people take this blessing, this anointing, this transfer, the transfer anointing is not from me. It's from your word of God, Father. Lord, it's from your word, oh God. So let, Lord, let the, each person here be layered in blessing. Let it be layered in anointing. Let it be layered in truth. Let it be layered in love. Father, Lord, if there be anything in any person that they're trying to give up or they're trying to give in, Lord, let it happen right now, miraculously. In Jesus' name. Lord, let it happen right now, miraculously, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we promise, we promise, Father, to give you all glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving. Okay, now stay right where you're at. Keep your hands raised. Let's pray. Let's let's sing a worship song and sing with everything you have. And if there's anything you need to give up, give it up. If there's anything that you need to get, grab it from God. Let that anointing strike your heart. In Jesus' name.
message. I thought it was amazing. It was incredible. But you know, one of the things that, that I, I got out of that was how specific God was, where he told him, the four priests, you get on one on each corner and you carry it. He didn't say, you know, it'd be really easy if we made this cart and we rolled it. That would be the easy way. And sometimes that's what we do as, as people is, well, God told me to do this, but it'd be, you know, I, if I did this, it'd be a whole lot easier. This is the easy way to do it. He's not always asking you or telling you to do the easy thing. He's just telling you to do it the way he wants it done. And he's a God of specific. And so that's kind of showing us. He said, carry it. And people went up to touch it. Don't touch it. And they touch it and die. So when God's telling you something, he's telling you it for a reason. He's trying to teach us to listen. And, and I was reminded, and I shared this in first service, this story that this pastor had told us that he had a youth pastor and the youth pastor's wife, so that would be like Emily, is in the audience and the preacher's up here preaching and they're just having service and all of a sudden she's like, God told her, you get up there and go do cartwheels across the stage right now. And she's like, what in the world did I think that for? And then she heard it again. I said, go do cartwheels across that stage. Now, if you could do a cartwheel, I'm not telling you to come up here and do a cartwheel across the stage because some of you I'm looking at, you probably can do cartwheels don't come do a cartwheel right now. This is just part of the story, but this is a true story. And so it'd be like Emily walking up while Mark's up here preaching and worship, and she just starts doing cartwheels across the stage. And it was like, he was like looking at the youth pastor thing, and the youth pastor's thinking, wow, I just lost my job. I don't know what my wife is doing. And so all of a sudden, this guy comes from the back, and he comes to the front, and he just begins to weep and cry because he said, he made this prayer when he said, I'm going to try church one more time, but God, I don't believe you're real. I don't know. I'm about to give up my life. I'm done. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just finished. I don't believe, but God, I'll give you one more shot. And if you're real, you just have somebody do cartwheels across the stage today. So revival needless to say broke out. I mean, how cool is that? So God is a God of specific. So in that pastor's church they just had revival breakup because in its essence Emily decided to do cartwheels across the stage so I'm not telling you to do that next Sunday now make that clear don't get up here and do cartwheels next Sunday I'm not looking for that but there might be something that you're saying God I just need to know the specifics because you are a God of specifics just like on four corners you carry that don't put it on a cart he never said that tells you to do something you obedient and you do it the whatever he tells you to do and it maybe sounds silly it might be just something crazy there's been many times I'll just be up here talking the Holy Spirit will tell me hey say this and I'm like I don't want to say that and I'll say that and someone will come up and say you know what I just asked God to just to speak that and it'll happen so whatever God's telling you and maybe it's to share with somebody something this week share it even though it might be silly just share it just say, I don't know, it might be bad pizza, but I need to tell you this. Just be obedient. That's the key. Amen. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are a big God. And you are a God of order and specifics. So, Lord, in every situation, we're going to choose to praise you. And we're going to know that you have everything we need in control. And, and, Lord, you are perfect. And you are completing all that in our lives that need to be finished and completed. You know what is best for us, Lord. You are our judge. Nobody else. No one else is going to be the judge, but you're going to be our judge. So, Lord, as Pastor said, to plan out our own 
salvation with fear and trembling. Do what we do, what you're speaking to us, not what others are speaking, but what your heart is sharing with us. And let us take that presence with us this week. Let us take that presence of God, that feeling that we have in our spirit that just says, you're here and you're walking with me and you're teaching me and you're talking to me. Let me feel that presence that I just know you're carrying me and you're walking me through this situation. Let me be in that all week. And let me just, wherever I go, take the presence, take the ark, and be with you, God, wherever you want me to be. I love you and I bless you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love y'all so much. We'll see you Wednesday night and girls Thursday night. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.